Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and boys, tonight is episode 22 titled Alpha Adrenaline and Attitude because we got all of that in this episode. We got pro fighters Jesse Parker and Keon Lucas joining us. And the crazy thing about this, Jim, is these guys, they're not just on the card. They're on the card and they're fighting each other. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be wild. I don't want to keep them waiting because I don't want them trying to fight me. So help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview and podcasting this week. we got professional MMA fighters Jesse Parker and Keon Lucas. Jesse, Keon, welcome to the show. We'll start with you, Jesse. How are you doing tonight? I'm all right. How about you? Oh, man, doing good. What about you, Keon? Doing all right? Yes, sir. Feeling fresh and golden. So, guys, we've had uh, – we were just talking about it before the show. We've we've had double-digit fighters on here now, um, you know, to the podcast, but we've never had two guys that were fixing to – fight each other on together so uh this will be interesting you know we're gonna try to keep it civil you know we go we go we'll keep it friendly maybe maybe not we'll see how it goes but i kind of want to start by talking about what fascinates me and that's how you guys come up with your with your nicknames and you pick your fight music so i'm gonna start with you jesse man you know how does adrenaline become uh the name uh and i you know i started training when i was 19 I had my first uh, amateur fight at 21, uh, which was like 2010. But uh, my coach back then, Chip Aldean, he, uh, I don't know, he just came up with the word, of, uh, the name, nickname, adrenaline or whatever. And it just stuck, I guess. So um, I, I went by the cave, I the caveman a little bit because I grew a beard out. But uh, adrenaline, the adrenaline seemed to stick. So that's where it's at. Yeah, I seen I seen pictures of the, the beard look, man. Yeah, when it was like full, full. I liked I liked the yeah. caveman look. You need to, you need to go back yeah. to that, dude. That's kind of that's kind of yeah. I, I, yeah, I just literally shaved my beard off uh, last night, so <laughs> I'm clean shaved. Oh man, no fun. Well, uh, you oh, know, so the, so the part the punches that Keon fired throwing that hair they gonna hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. So as far as a, a song that you come out to, man, what what do you what are you vibing with? What do you come out to? Man, uh, I'm really not really into big, big rap music nowadays, old school rap I am, but I usually come out to like Metallica or, you know, Pantera or some stuff like that. That's usually what I listen to, you know, even when I'm working out, that's heavy metal stuff. To this, all that stuff like that. I gotcha. All right. So Keon, man, let's talk about your side of it. The alpha, man, how you come up with your name? Uh, well, well, it is, uh, started off with a funny story. So I was still, uh, fresh and green and, uh, my, uh, my coach wanted to know what my, uh, nickname would be for my first fight. So I didn't know what to go with. So he, he just came it up, came it up with me and he was like, Hey, how about the alpha? So I, I was down with it and it started to stick like nonstop and, the reason why 
I'm named the Alpha is because yeah, I'm the new, I'm a new generation of fighters that's uh, coming through and like showing out my potentials and showing that I belong in a cage and I feel like I can become one of the greats. I dig it. I like it. I like it. So for you, man, what, what's your, what's your song? What are you coming out to? Um, well, like, just like, uh, just something that fits me and my prescription. Like, I ain't like want some of these, like, dudes that's like real thuggish or anything like that like some that some that's basically represent me just going out with the flow just like some some just like get the crowd going you know what i mean yeah so you you obviously want to get the crowd going but you know like what what is the song that for this fight Come on, like I'm baby shark or something like that, that. <laughs> 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 oh no 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 there's nothing like that I'll probably go with something classical like a kick push by a knock. Okay. Hey, hey, Daniel, you know, you, you know, there was a guy at a two fights 24. I can't remember the fighter's name, but he came out to some really girly music and me and my wife laughed and then he turned around and worked over, dude. So, hey, the music don't necessarily matter. Hey, it, you're right. <laughs> it, it, it's what the end result is. But Jesse, going back to you, man, you, you mentioned you just shaved it up you're clean shaven so that's kind of where i want to go i want to go back to when you were a kid no facial hair no beard no pantera just you know you growing up where are you from man man i, I was born and raised here in uh good old memphis tennessee man um you know went to cordova high school the dirty dover yeah yeah, so, I never did no wrestling or nothing like that, but uh, didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school. Graduating those seven, I'm old as hell now. So. Did you Did you play any sports growing up? I played baseball. You know, that's all I played. And uh, I'm too white for basketball, too small for football. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. I, I just started training. I saw this UFC fights on TV when I was like 18 or 19, and told my dad I want to do that. He's like, yeah, whatever. And next thing I know, I called uh, Chad Chilka. That's my first trainer back back then, and uh, that's how it all started. So you you technically you didn't have any like martial arts, no wrestling nah. background. You just was like, you know, at eighteen, man, I want to I want to get into fighting, and so yeah, that, yeah. I, I went to my parents to put me in some kind of karate or something like that, but no, nah, I I started off when I was eighteen, nineteen. So, so how long was it from the time you started till the time you got into the octagon for the first time? Uh, I started training at 19, and I had my first amateur fight in February 2010 when I was 21. All right. So do you think you were overly prepared, underprepared, or you just needed to rip the Band-Aid off and get in there and start doing it um, when you decided to have that first fight? Uh, man, all I had was jiu-jitsu back then, man. You know, I was a blue belt. I just got my blue belt jiu-jitsu, and, you know, I had no stand-up or not. I went out and won, like, four or five in my uh, my amateur fight straight with the arm bar, you know, off my back or on top or whatever. And, but you, uh, you ended up being a four-time amateur champion in four different states, man. Like, what, yeah, what's, yeah. what states, I mean, are you, are you the champion? 
And then what? Uh, I, I had I had I had two here in Tennessee, obviously, and I had uh, one in Missouri, and one in Arkansas, and one somewhere else. I only had one amateur belt in my house. I don't know what the hell happened to that rest of them. So I I don't keep up with them. I had a lot of medals. They back then they gave out like medals, you know, they put around your back or whatnot, you know, before they came up with belts. You know, that so, shows his age, DB. That man said no. that before the belts. Rip, we got ribbons and medals. Tell them, you don't yeah, want yeah. none of that bullshit. You want a belt. You want to <laughs> yeah. walk around with that shit around your waist. Yeah, you know, uh, Keon, Keon's coach, Brian Hall, man. I, I fought Brian Hall's shit, I want to say back in 2010, man. I got my ass whooped, but I fought Brian Hall, man. You know, this is when I was undefeated, like four or five, five and others. I fought Brian for, for the B3 bandweight belt, I think it was. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when we go back and look, you know, Randy will get into it, you know, the, the, the fight, you know, aspect of everything. But you go all the way back to V3, man, and that's that's something that's Randy's bread and butter, man. He He's yeah, yeah. big into that. So when we we'll, – we'll definitely revisit that in a bit. But I want to shift gears over to Keon, man. I want to, you know, get the, the same backstory from you. Where are you from, Keon? Well, I'm uh, from – I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, I uh, I started doing uh, mixed martial arts like at the age of I want to say like ten. I started doing karate for a little bit, then had to uh, dial it back because there was a during there was a lot of situations with my family and everything. But then later on, um, uh, like as I started to get like much uh, much mature and everything. Like, I started having, like, friends and family that's been telling me, like, hey, you, you're, like, freakishly strong. You need to, like, do wrestling or, like, do do some mixed martial arts. So I was, so I was like, hey, uh, okay. So I started doing Taekwondo for about, uh, I want to say, 14 years. Then after that, as soon as I got into high school, I started doing uh uh, wrestling for, for my high school years. So, so yeah. But, but as, as a kid growing up, it was all strictly like martial arts stuff. And then once you got to high school, then you kind of dabbled a little bit into to some other sports, but really you, it sounded like, you know, opposite of Jesse, man, you like, you had a, a pretty good idea. Like you wanted to do something with that, that tool set or that, you know, those gifts and those tools that you had. So obviously, you know, you decide, well, I want to get into fighting at what age oh, yeah. do you have your first fight. Oh yeah, most definitely. Like, uh, I want to say my first fight, this was for, uh, for attitude. I think I had to been like, at, uh, I want to say 19, 19 or 20 years old during that time. So it was like my very first time uh, fighting, um, still fresh and green. I uh, didn't know what to do, but as soon as I started to get the hang of it, it started to feel like water, just uh, clear and calm. So did you feel like the, the first time you get into the octagon was, you know, what was the emotion like? Do you feel like you were prepared? Did you feel like you were underprepared or, um, you know, what, what was it like? Oh man, it felt like 
like how can I put this? It feels like when you like get in there for the very first time, it's like the atmosphere like changes immediately. Cause in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is a serious a serious event right now. Cause I have to make sure I'm doing my job and go going in there and taking care of business and leave and leaving out there uh, safe at harm. Yeah, definitely. Jesse, I want to go back to you for a second. You know, you talked about how long you've been in the fight game. It's been a while. Walk us through kind of how the fight game has changed since you started, specifically, you know, in the Memphis area. You know, you got obviously V3, Attitude. You've had a lot of different uh, fighting organizations come up. How has it changed specifically here in this area? Man, uh, you know, when, when I first started, you know, V3, was out in the local bar in Newbies off Highland, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I remember going to one one or two of them, their shows, or a couple first first-season shows before who nobody knew B3 was, you know? And yeah. I got connected uh, with uh, Rick McCracken, I guess, and uh, Matchmaker and Rod Dowd and all them, who I'm, I'm still cool with to this day, but... uh. Yeah, man, you know, it's a lot of change, man. You got a lot of different promotions around Memphis and the surrounding areas, you know, and, and there's a lot, a lot of great fighters now, you know. Back then, you know, nobody really, you know, was coming out, you know, of the, the Memphis area. You got Jalil, you had uh, Jacob Noe back then, Austin Lyons, you know, Brian Hall is doing a good job, too. Um, and now you got Bryce Mitchell, too, the surrounding area like Arkansas, you know, and they got other promotions like Add to, you know, get taken over. D three, you know, went to a CFLC, you know, and all that, you know. So it's the the sport in the, in the Memphis MMA has changed uh, tremendously, you know. No, no, definitely. Kind of was with that whole with Nick Harmeyer and those guys from the beginning, yeah. and you know, at the fair, and then you're right, newbies and yeah. Minglewood. I mean, the whole thing even had some fights in Nashville. So definitely, I I think you kind of saw that as we were coming up, right? We're not much older than you are. Uh, when you saw, wow. you know, the UFC kind of jump up and make it a mainstream thing, and then you, it made it the way possible for it to kind of grow here. But I, I want to ask you this. where For those that don't know, where do you train at now? I train at All, uh, all Heart and uh, Jiu-Jitsu MMA, you know, which is out of San Antonio. I also train up there in uh, Wynn, Arkansas, with Willie McLaughlin. I cross-trained him, uh, which is Bryce Mitchell's coach. And That's I, a legend in the game. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. He, he, he whooped my ass every time I go down there, which I'm, that followed me. But uh, yeah. I've also trained Bryce Mitchell. He came through a few times. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, I, I try to cross train every now and then, man, you know. But, you know, I got a full-time job, man, so it, it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, you know, train when I need to train, you know, so – no, absolutely. I was going to ask you that, too. How do you balance? Because a lot of people, you know, they, they see these even even UFC guys and think they're pro athletes making all this money. And that's not really the reality for 99 percent of these guys. But for you guys that are fighting pro, but just that it's a different level of pro. How do you how do you specifically balance, especially the work that you do, training and working and supporting yourself? Man, I, I just make it happen, man. I'm, I'm tired as hell right now. You know, I got off right about five, five thirty. Training starts at 6 30, so I rushed up to San Antonio, went to go train. Just got done training by 8 30. Now I'm headed to the actual gym, gym to you know, hit the weights and do some cardio, you know. So usually on a, on a typical day, I won't get home about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. 
That's a long day, Jesse. That's a long day. Yeah. Yeah. So, energy drinks, my man. Energy drinks. Oh, you know, no doubt. Is it good for you? Is it good for you, man? But, you know. Well, so. I mean, there's, there's worse things. Yeah. Cocaine is definitely <laughs> one of the worst. <laughs> he wasn't going to say it, but he did. Yeah. Is it? Is it, though? Yeah. Anyways, we'll move on from that. <laughs> so, so, last question for you that I want to go over to Keon. I mean, at like obviously, you're not an old man. I ain't gonna say that because I'm older than you are. But at 34, how long you see yourself doing this? Do you love it that much? You gonna do it forever? Man, you know what, man? Um, that's a good question, man. You know, I I I was in trouble with the law. You know, I had a lot of you know personal issues going on, and uh, I had to take some time off for about two, two and a half years off, man, which kind of messed me up. But now I'm back at it, man. And, Honestly, I, I'm sure y'all know I got my ass beat my, my last fight in the first round, but you know it's all good. Shit, shit happens, but um, Look, you know, nah, man. I've been I've been wanting I've been wanting to fight Keon for a while. And I trained with Keon here and there a couple of years ago. Keon's a good guy, so no beats there, man. You know, I love I love all them guys over there. You know, it should be a good fight. Absolutely, Keon. So that's a good segue over to you. You know, kind of the same thing since you kind of got into the game. Obviously, you've known you want to do it for a long time. How have you kind of seen the fight game change and become more mainstream? And when you tell people uh, that you're a fighter, do you get like a crazy look like, oh, shit? Um, <laughs> um, to be honest, uh, not really. Some people like take sometimes take me for granted because every time I would say that I'm a fighter, they'll be like, eh, nah. Oh, you're too short. You, you don't look like a fighter. And it's like, uh, okay, uh, <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> well, hey, let me but, ask you this. Let me ask you this, Keon. I don't know. I, I've, I've seen Jesse before at V3, but you guys, do you have the, the cauliflower ear and all that stuff going on? Uh, nah. No, <laughs> no cauliflowers here. Okay, man, because I'm going to tell you, man, I was – look, at the V3 fights, you know how the crowd, they would get kind of wild, and they would think they want to fight, and you got to do like me that's fat and out of shape, and I would always be looking for them ears, man. I ain't trying to fight no dude. This has got a close-up <laughs> ear. Yeah, yeah. But, no, the, the, like I, what I was going to go with is like – so for you, tell everybody, where do you train at? Oh, I train at a law school MMA at, uh, on Park Avenue. Absolutely. So obviously, uh, for those that don't know, we, uh, you know, that's Brian Law, a legend to the to the Memphis fight game uh, is there. So we've had some of your, your teammates on before. But talk to us kind of about that iron sharpens iron mentality that you guys have at law school. Well, is is really mainly just trying to work on each other, help each other get through the top, help like discover new things about each other. Like, like I've been telling them, telling my teammates um and they be telling me this multiple times like we we're pr pretty much gonna get there all together like half of us have our main goal and plan like half of us want to go to like the top of ufc or pfl like for me like my main goal and my like long-lived dream is to go to one championship because like i really want to like go there i feel like i'll be fit right fit right at home with them with one of grace not to mention like i really want to fight demetrius johnson since he moved there yeah yeah no doubt so i'll ask you kind of the same thing how do you how do you balance the life thing obviously when you're not making you know a ton of money there's no slide on you guys for doing what you love how do you kind of balance that that i don't want to say real life but life in general and fighting being able to balance the two and still be successful in the fight game 
Well, like for me, I, I like to try to do my best, like with, with both sides. Like I'll go to practice like five or six days, then get off, then go straight to work. Even if I'm late, I'm still like progressing and still like trying to bounce, still balancing myself out nonstop because regardless a job is a job like you still have to do what you have to do to survive in this type of world so at that point like I still keep grinding and hustling and making sure that I have everything that I need and for those that I care about yeah no doubt so talking about survival man you guys Saturday October 29th at the Memphis Music Room the two of y'all will square off at Attitude MMA fights 25. Jesse, starting with you, man. Uh, talk to me about fighting at Attitude. You know, I went to my first one. Uh, 24 was my first one. Went. Uh, we had uh, Brandon Gator and uh, and Wallace on, and and we had we had them talk about it. And so I went out there to check it out. Got to sit ringside, and man, the the crowd was full. It was electric, uh, really showed the support that Memphis gives to their fighters. So talk to me about just fighting that attitude and, and what it means to have the city come out there and show up and support the fighters. Man, uh, attitude MMA, man, they, they put on a great show, man. You know, probably one, one, one of the top promotions around here. And uh, it, it's always good to have your people or you know, a crowd out there, man. It uh, shit. The one of the rampage was that I guess the one the last one I followed was it's electrifying, man. It's it's hard to describe what it feels like to get in a cage. You know, people ask me that all the time, and I don't know how to answer that. But you know, it, it, win or lose, man. It's uh, you also want to win, but you know, it's uh, it's undescribable how how you feel after you want to fight. You're like on cloud nine. Your adrenaline's going. It's like you're high. You know. It's probably one of the best I've ever, you know, had, you know, so. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And, uh, and it was Rampage. It was that last fight because uh, I, I got the luxury of being just a couple seats over from them, you know, made a bunch of jokes about how. I, I didn't realize there. you had a big-ass head like that, though, man. <laughs> I, I made multiple jokes with the people sitting around me. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there and talk shit to them, but, you know. Uh, this all bullshit. I was I wasn't trying to get knocked out, but yeah, yeah he uh he's he you know he may be uh you know older and and not looking the same, but he's still a scary looking as dude, ain't he? Yep. So Keon, you know, same thing with you, man. You know, talking about just fighting within the city, the you know obviously the love that this city has for MMA and the support, man. Just talk about what it means to you to to show up the attitude and and know that you're going to have an electric crowd here. Uh, you know, two uh in two weeks. Man, I want to say it's, it's truly, I say this multiple times anytime I have a fight coming up, I'm truly honored and blessed to have so many fight fans coming out there and supporting the fighters that uh, they know personally or they just getting to know. And I think it's like a good, like a good start for like, for people to like get into MMA more and learning more about it than like getting it out there you know what I mean and on top of that like I'm getting like so many like support from family and friends who support me for my dreams and want me to continue reaching to the top yeah no doubt and and I tell every fighter that we have on here um you know I tell I tell Randy all the time man uh you know I, I'm an idiot because for you know we talk about the v3 stuff 
And, you know, for years, he told me to come check out the fights in Memphis. And I was like, yeah, I'll meet you out there. I'll meet you out there. And I didn't, man. And then I go to this fight, uh, you know, Attitude 24, and absolutely love it, man. It's just, like I said, the electricity, man, the good fights that were taking place. And I was like, this man been telling me for 10 years to check this shit out, and I ain't done it. And I finally did, and I, and I was like, man, I, I've been missing out. Um, but coming back to you, Jesse, you know, talking about the fight card, uh, you know, outside of your own fight, man, what fight intrigues you the most that's going to be happening on the 29th? And I think the, the Brandon Gator and uh, Solo Hadley Jr. are going to be a good fight. You know, uh, I know both fighters. I used to train with Brandon on a daily basis, man. He's a great fighter. And uh, Solo, he's – I never trained with him, but he's good too. So that, that's, one of, that's one of the fights I look forward to. Yeah. All right. So with that, you know, Brandon Gator, like I said, was our last guest from uh, from the MMA crew. Uh, you you think he's going to uh, pull off the upset, get the uh, the title or or what you got? Man, uh, I like both guys, man. So, I mean, made the best man. Queen, you know, <laughs> Ah, that man's smart. He said, I'm going to stay out of it. I'm not picking. Yeah, I, I don't want I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. And that's how I know I get messages on Facebook. So. <laughs> uh, I feel you. So, Keon, for you, is it the same fight or is there another fight that you're looking to that night? Um, I'm going to say the same thing. I, uh, I'm going to go with the with the Gator and Solo fight because that is a very interesting uh, setup right there. So I'm looking forward to seeing both these two warriors go against each other. And I think they're going to uh, knock the house down. I really do believe that. Well, guys, it's uh, it's it's going to go down nonetheless, for sure, no matter what. But before we let y'all bounce, we're going to play a quick game with both of y'all. Is that cool? Uh, yes, sir, thanks. Uh, all right, cool. It's uh, called This or That. It's very simple. I'll give you two options. All you got to do is pick one option or the other. To make this really smooth, I'll address the question to Jesse first and then after Jesse Keon you'll pick up and answer your answer it yourself so um, okay. out, out the gate real easy toss up question Jesse pizza or tacos oh pizza Keon what you got pizza or tacos after the fight pizza yes sir yeah pizza there you go alright Jesse would you rather attend a party or host the party attend a party Keon, are you attending or are you hosting i like to attend no no more want to clean up that shit no <laughs> hell no <laughs> I mean, these, these dudes are fighters their friends are probably all rowdy so like I, I i ain't trying to clean up after them fools either all right jesse concert or sporting event think of it in terms of like a bucket list concert or a bucket list sporting event which one are you choosing Oh, man. Uh, I like to go to both, man, but I'm going to go to concert. All right. Who, who are you listening to? What concert are you going to? Uh, actually, I just went to a Luke Bond concert uh, a few weeks ago. So. Was it lit? Yeah, yeah a lot of fine-ass country girls there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that's the real reason to go to country concert. It isn't for the music. Yeah, it's am. for the ladies. I ain't worried about no Luke Bond. I'm looking at the girls, you know? There you go. <laughs> All right, Keon, same question. Bucket list concert or bucket list sporting event? Which one are you picking? Sporting event. And, and where, where are you going? What sporting event? Uh, uh, probably just like uh, like a college uh, college uh, football game or 
or a wrestling event. Gotcha. Daniel, he's right uh, up your alley with the wrestling event. I'll take him down to WrestleMania in Tampa. Yeah. Yep. There you go. <laughs> there, we, there we go. All right, guys. Jesse, this Saturday, UFC, you got Sterling or Dillashaw. Who you picking? Oh, man, both great fighters, man, but I like Dillashaw. Um, I like his uh, footwork, the way he moves, and the camp he turns out of. So I'm going to go for Dillashaw. All right. And then, Keon, who you got, Sterling or Dillashaw? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I got to go with the brother. I got to go with Sterling. He's a, uh, he's a really good grappler, and he's been, like, evolving over the past couple of months. So I have uh, faith in him that he's going to win this. Gotcha. All right. All right. All right. Jesse, hero or villain? Villain. Keon, hero or villain? Hero. Right. Last question. This is this is this is a, a, a telling question for both of you guys. Jesse, would you rather have massive success on accident or modest success on purpose? Man, um, modest success on purpose, or uh, yeah, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let All me right. let me let me ask you it another way. Hold on, let, let's ask oh, yeah. Keon. Ask Keon and see what he says, and then we'll we'll, we'll rephrase it. Keon, <clears throat> okay. what 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 would you rather have? Massive success on accident or modest success on purpose? Um. Oh, oh boy. Modest success on purpose. All okay. right. Randy, so, Randy, talk to him. Let educate, me start. Educate these guys. Let me start with you, Jesse. If I was to tell you, you can earn $20 million or I will give you $100 million, what would you do? Sure. You should give me, give me, give me the money. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the, that's the, that's exactly it. It's massive success on accident. Keon, same question. I'm gonna give you a hundred million, or you can earn twenty. Which one are you doing? Give me a hundred million. Absolutely. So it's that it's that massive success on accident because I'm not gonna be eighty million dollars more poor because of my pride. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah, y'all both want to re. Change your answer. You want massive success on accident, right? <laughs> they just want to. They just want a hundred million. Yeah, I, they just, I don't blame you. I'd rather just somebody give me money. I'm, I'm good with that. All right, yeah. guys, man, it's it's the 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 truth is about to come out, and I, I got to ask this question because I don't know. I feel like you guys you guys can handle it. You're not in the same room together. So, Jesse, I'll I'll start with you. You versus Keon. All right. Give me a prediction for this fight. <laughs> man, I, I guess y'all was going to have to stay tuned, man. I don't know. It's going to be a good fight. Like I said, man, Keon is a good fighter. We used to train a little bit together back in the day. And and uh, he's an up-and-coming fighter. I've been around the game a long time. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good fight, man. So y'all stay tuned. If Keon takes a soft route, too, I'm going to be pissed off. And, 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 and he and he might, but you know, hey, it is it is what it is. Keon, I gotta ask, man, you 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 going into the octagon versus Jesse, man? What what's your prediction? 
Uh, my prediction is well, – I'm not going to put in no spoilers or anything. You just got to come and see because, like I said, I'm looking forward to the fight and I'm looking for the finish. That's, that's, that's my main goal, my main set. Daniel, I would if you would have asked me, I don't even care if I didn't believe it. I don't care if I was going against the baddest dude in the, of the planet. I'd come in there and say, I'm going to whoop his ass because, like you said, we, oh ain't my God. we ain't in the same room. <laughs> We ain't in the same room, so hey, say that, what I want to say. That ain't that ain't that ain't the game, man. No, so <laughs> either way, guys, guys, it's 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 all gonna go down. It, it, you know, there will be a winner. Uh, I would, I'm assuming somebody's gonna win, unless you guys want to run it back in 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 a few weeks and 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 try it again. But you know, before you guys roll, Jesse, I'll start with you, man. Anything you want to plug or promote? Man, I just want to thank uh, Chad Choka and Attitude MMA for uh, putting me back on the card. I want to thank my team, All Heart Jiu-Jitsu MMA, you know, for, you know, uh, getting me ready for this fight. Yeah, man, y'all come out October 29th and watch uh, a great fight card and me, me and Keon throw down. All right. Keon, anything you want to plug or promote? Uh, yeah, I just want to uh, promote my uh, – promote law school mma i want to thank them the team for uh getting me ready for this fight uh i want to thank my sponsors as well uh ko cones and uh ink uh illusion inc uh without them none of this would be possible and i also want to give thanks to attitude for uh bringing me on this card as well it's a big card so i'm looking forward to doing my thing and i'm looking forward to seeing all these amazing fights as well and i look forward to seeing all you guys at the fights as well absolutely jim's going to be there he's going to be holding it down for the end off the bench podcast guys hey we appreciate it and you know win lose or draw we appreciate y'all coming on if there's anything we can do for you guys or promote anything along the way please reach out to us thank you okay thank you absolutely that's jesse parker and keon lucas got a big fight coming up attitude fights you can follow them on instagram at jesse the underscore adrenaline or keon at simply underscore the underscore alpha we're going to take a break when we come back we got to talk headlines welcome back to the in off the bench podcast we got some headlines for you leading off as always we got a little major league baseball and we got to recap some stuff guys because obviously being you know a podcast that deals with baseball and a lot of athletes that come on and we interview are baseball guys that have been college and now made it up to the professional ranks. Jim, it's very clear that you and I know absolutely shit about pro baseball because Randy, <laughs> he knows it all. He's uh, the, the, I don't know, he's the prophet of baseball. But um, obviously our picks were pretty crappy. Um, we all, you know, had a, a a really really tough time in general but randy went in and, and found that diamond in the rough uh with the phillies um obviously he took the astros and i think we all knew the astros were going to take it but just in my heart i can't pick those guys uh we all took the yanks who took uh care of business and then um you know we all took the the dodgers which we we see what what happened there but I got to talk to you, Randy. Obviously, the Phillies. Phillies take down our team. You know, they turn around and, and they put one on the defending champs. And you said it going in, so 
you know, what was it that you felt the Phillies had in their favor where they could make the push that they're making right now? I think we've seen it in college baseball too. It's kind of like the team that's getting hot at the right time. Earlier in the season, uh, you know, the Phillies were were really bad. I mean, and then they make a change from a legendary coach in Joe Girardi, and a lot of people were saying, you know, that's not going to make the difference. And I can't remember if it was Buster only or Kirchin or somebody. They said it absolutely will make the difference uh, that, you know, maybe Girardi was the problem. And it turns out he was. And the reason that I said that I think they could get hot is because you got guys like Bryce Harper. He was coming back. You got guys like Kyle Schwarber. The pitching staff was doing well. Um, I just think that they they were well they underperformed, and I think if you gave them a full season, they wouldn't have the eighty seven wins. I just think they're better than that, and they got gamers, man. That's that's kind of what it is. You got a guys that have performed. Kyle Schwarber, we've seen it ourselves, and it broke our heart. Then the guy's a performer, and to hit that home run he hit last night, you know, Jim talked about earlier, one hundred and nineteen miles an hour off the bat. 400 like 700 feet i mean my god that was a bomb and bryce harper doing it too literally without those two guys last night they don't win that game but you got give me two hitters like that and a good pitching staff i'll take them every time yeah they put them in the lineup and it's hard to you know i think that's why the cardinals had so much success is because they got two guys that you just can't maneuver around well, um, well, I'll tell you this, Daniel, you know, since he brings up those two guys and, and we talk about the Cardinals and we're going to get to this in the, the Yankees, um, I think that's what uh, we talk about when it comes to Goldsmith and Arenado, right? Like not performing when it mattered most. You, you expect, uh, you know, the caliber of players they are, the money they're getting paid to do it, and they didn't, whereas Randy's talking about the two guys for the Phillies and when we get to the Yankees, the two guys that they got getting it done. Yeah, you, you mentioned the Yankees, man. Obviously, they're taking on the Astros now in the ALCS. And, you know, like I was saying before, I think we probably in our heart knew the Astros probably were going to overmatch the Mariners, which I don't think, you know, that series in and of itself, I don't I don't think it was as blowout as the, the way that it, it might seem because I think the Mariners gave those dudes a fight. Um, but now, I mean, you got two of the top teams in the American League squaring off against each other. And, you know, currently right now in the eighth, you got the Astros up four to one. But, you know, with the Yankees and the lineup that they have and the way they swing it, the way that that Harrison Bader guy, I mean, he's on fourth home right run, dude. Wild. I mean, you know, obviously the Yanks saw something that the Cardinals didn't. So, but. Either way, like, you, you look at the Yankees down three in the eighth and, like, you look at the lineup and go, well, it, it could easily turn four to four quickly or five to four, you know, in, in one innings of work. But, you know, looking at that series as a whole, who is the better team? The Astros are the better team. No matter how much we don't want to say it, they're the model of consistency. They lose guys. They just replenish it. I mean, they had 106 wins. They were only five games behind the Dodgers, and, and I feel like everybody just forgets about the Astros. Nobody forgets because of the cheating, but nobody wants to root for them. I get that. But if you look over the last, what, six years, five years, they're the most consistent team in baseball, and I don't think it's going to be any different. I think they're the better team in this series, and I do think they're going to win the series. So let's let's make some predictions. Obviously, we kind of got a little cheat code because we're, we're doing it a, a day late. Um, but the Phillies Padres are tied at one. So really that series is even in my eyes. 
the Astros are up four to one on the Yankees. So Randy, I'll start with you. Who are you taking in the Phillies Padres series? One to one. Are you still going to ride with 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 the hot the hot team? Your hot take. <laughs> yes, I am because I think what you want to do if you're a road playoff team is you just want to split right when you're on the road. They're going back home tied one one. They've accomplished everything they set out to do. You got your ace going. I, yes, I'm sticking with the Phillies. Jim, obviously, you know, we we didn't talk about this, but I guess now's a really good time. You know, the Phillies did what they did, but I think people are overlooking what the Padres have done. They, I mean, they, beat, I mean, they beat the actual best team in baseball. Right. So when, when you look at that and you go, all right, now they played probably in one of the toughest divisions um, and having to play those guys all the time. And now to turn around and here they are in the NLCS, and now you know it's it's one of those things. They're just as hot as the Phillies, and they're tied up. Is this going to be a dog fight, or is somebody going to pull away and kind of take it from from the other? But you know the big thing is is, is who do you have? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Randy. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Phillies, but I mean the the Padres is so intriguing because you know. They were absolutely owned all season by the Dodgers. And so, like, to win that series, just it's, it's very odd because it wasn't like Randy was talking about with the Phillies where they had injuries and, you know, they, you know, they got hot or whatever. The Padres, you know, didn't do all that. And, and nothing changed. They, you know, they, did, they didn't add anything to the roster. And, like I said, they had gotten beaten down. So, I'm picking the Phillies, but I guess I'm saying all that about the Padres to say I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if the Padres were to, to pull this off. But no matter what, you're going to have two teams that we never, ever, you know, Randy picked it, but I don't know how much he believed in it. Like, the idea that the Dodgers, uh, you know, or the Braves weren't coming out of the National League was never a thought process for me. Yeah, I think it was for me only because I didn't believe in the Braves pitching. Like, I just didn't believe in it. I mean, but the Dodgers, did you really think the Dodgers? I mean, they were so incredible. And I get they were no, in cruise control down the stretch. But No, I'm not saying the Dodgers. I 100% thought they were going to go through the, the National. The, I definitely thought that. But the Braves, I just wasn't I wasn't as big on. I didn't even pick them to win their division. I just wasn't as big on that roster. And I think the Braves got a real decision to make, too. Not only do they got to get some pitching, they got a, they got a really, really, really big decision to make with Dansby Swanson. And you can kind of tell – that he's looking around and Austin getting his deal, Acuna getting his deal. They signed like five guys, their core five. You want to tell me that Dansby, the best of all those five, probably the most consistent played all 160 games. You didn't resign that dude yet. Come on, man. Yeah, that's uh that's a key piece. And that's he, a guy that that's a DB type of player right there. Hey, you know, uh, you know, you know, talking about contracts very and the Braves, you know what my favorite meme I seen guys was. Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman went to the Dodgers so he could play for four more hours uh, this season because the Dodgers. That's why DB didn't see him play though. West Coast, <laughs> nope, not a not but, a chance. But he lost immediately after Atlanta went home, so he got four more hours in him. You you know I um I with this series it's you just kind of got to flip a coin. I'm not really a, a Philly fan, and I'm definitely not a Padre fan. I think I said this last week. Is I, I don't know how anyone becomes a Padres fan. Um, but for this series, I'm willing to give it a shot. So I'm going to take the Padres. I'm going to go against you guys. I'm going to root for those guys. Why not? So, so let me ask you this, Randy. We talk about it all the time. 
you know, um, the faces of baseball. And we talk about the guys who draw a crowd. And we know that, you know, we were talking about Bryce Harper and he's one of them. Um, and, you know, Mike Trout never gets there. We, we've had this discussion. Like, how good will it be for baseball if you can have Bryce Harper right in the World Series? Yeah, you got it. It's going to be about storylines. We talk about all the time about how baseball kind of misses the boat with marketing their best players. So for everybody that's like, oh, well, I really hope it's the, you know, the Phillies. And no, you no, you really don't. Bryce Harper's great and everything, but you want the Padres without Fernando Tatis? No, you don't. What you wanted was to have the Dodgers and the Yankees for baseball, the Dodgers and the Astros for storylines. I mean, the Braves, sure, they have some stars in Acuna, but they don't move the needle at all like L.A. does. So for us, I know we don't root for the Dodgers and we don't root for the Astros. We don't root for the Yankees. But for baseball, and we really want the game to get recognition, what better matchup than Yankees-Dodgers? I don't think there is one. No. Um, and just historically speaking, and you talk about what's good for the game, yeah, like that matchup marquee names and probably two of the biggest names that there are in the game, you know, that's what you want. And, you know, the Astros clouded with controversy might be a good storyline, but it ain't the Yankees and the Dodgers. Well, yeah, who's so, the star? Right. Um, you know, and, and the same thing goes, like Bryce Harper's are big name. Kyle Schwarber is, is a name. I don't think he's near as big of a name as Bryce Harper um, when it comes to fans and kids and who knows who and, and, and marketability. But you got the Padres with, with who? You got Tatis, but, like, he, like – well. They yeah, got Machado and Soto. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. All right. Very that's interesting. Let's talk about if he made that move and he or you know, he he didn't take that contract and then he ends up in the World Series with the Padres. Yeah, and he very well could. And he's he is one of the best players in baseball. I don't think anybody ever really doubted that. But imagine if this team has Tatis and Soto and Machado, then that all of a sudden is that's a star-studded lineup, and that's kind of what you what you need to have. The Phillies don't really – I mean, Bryce Harper, absolutely, but that's about it. Yeah. All right, guys, Yankees-Astros, 4-2 uh, to two going into – they're still on the top of the eighth, but – Mike Hughes you know, is, is running a circle right now because Rizzo hit a home run. Oh, Lord. Any, anyhow, moving on. Who you got? Who you taking, Jim? You know how I work. I refuse to take the uh, the Astros, and Stanton just got on base. Uh, look, this is what I was going to say in regards to that Guardian series in that game five. They said before the game it was time for the Stars to show, and this is what I was referencing with the Cardinals. And Stanton and Judge both hit home runs. They both came through clutch for their Yankees. Um, and so your big boys did what they are supposed to do. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick them to do it again. So, All right. Randy, who you got? Who's going to win or who do I want to win? I think who's going to win is the Astros. Who are you picking? You know you're picking the Astros if that's who you think's going to win because you yeah. want to be right, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I <laughs> – yeah, I'm going to – I'll stick with that, although I do think it's a much better storyline if it's the Yankees and you get Aaron Judge and Stanton and J Garrett Cole and even, you know, Harrison Bader. That would be a cool story for him to get traded to his hometown team and be in the World Series. So, you know what? Give me the Yankees, man. I ain't picking the Astros. So, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a little – I'm going to do a little reverse psychology on the Astros. 
So when I don't pick them, they win. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick them. I'm going Astros. You said you would never do that. This is simply for scientific purposes. This is uh, a, an experiment, so to speak. Wait, who'd I, you pick in the National League? Pick the Padres. Padre. He went I feel good. It. I'm with Randy, who's been picking them right. I feel good. Yeah. I feel good this week. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, all right, we got, we're good. We're good. You should you should feel good. Randy Randy is is dominating in in the pickums, and we'll get to to the college football. But um, guys, it's going to be interesting. I either way, we're going to have a new a new champion. Um, maybe a champion that wants to kind of redeem themselves um, from some controversy. Maybe a champion that feels as though they've been underwhelming over the past few seasons, and they need to to break that little mold or it might be a a true team that has gotten hot at the right time or a cinderella that you know is is piecing it together you know here late in the season but either way it's going to be exciting it's going to be good um it's postseason baseball and you you can't beat it man but moving forward we got college football to talk about um randy obviously a a huge week for you and i i I think i want to save you for the end because i feel like you're 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 still probably coming off the best week of football you, you, you maybe have ever experienced. But, Jim, I'll, I'll start with you. LSU, give me a recap of y'all's game and, and kind of where you're feeling, how you're feeling, what it looks like, and then moving forward. I mean, I'm excited because I never said that Jaden Daniels couldn't throw the ball. I said he wouldn't throw the ball. And finally, he decides against Florida that he's going to throw the ball. He throws for, I think it was 349 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Also ran for three touchdowns. So he still did his thing running, but he got uh, – Butte had over 100 yards receiving, um, like seven catches. He got neighbors. He got Jenkins involved. Um, they, the running game was still balanced, like, you know. And so I saw what – I've been wanting to see that I didn't believe him because he hadn't done it current to date. So going forward, it makes me feel like if he will willingly throw the ball, because Randy knows this, I talked about it with Tennessee. They never would have beat Tennessee. That's not what I'm saying, but there were opportunities where they could at least made like some attempt to make it a game. And my man would, the dude would be running down the seam and he didn't see him and he'd take off running. And he's been doing that all season. So I felt really good about what I've seen. Um, you know, I know Florida's not a world beater. They do have the name, but we, we know we've seen them this year. Um, they're not, they're not the best team, but uh, to go to the swamp, get that W um, gives you some positivity. Interesting note, man. Uh, you know, you know, I'm not the big Brian Kelly guy, but he is the first LSU coach to ever win at Auburn and at Florida in the same season. So just a fun note for you guys. Also fun note, baseball related. Um, you know, Matt, Matt Carpenter up to bat with runners on first and second is what I'm saying here. Three strikeouts today. Oh, never mind. Did they pinch? No, they pinch ran for Donaldson. I mean, the Yankees are just uh, the Cardinals of the East. <laughs> yeah the Bronx Cardinals yeah but hey I'll I, I, I tell you though um it feels good always to beat Florida Randy will attest to that I, I'll take that I'll take that dub you know you said you said he had a great, you said he you said he had a great week I will absolutely take beating Florida all day every day yeah absolutely I mean, the, four straight the, despite um 
you know, how good Florida may or may not be. I mean, you're going on the road, you're going into that type of environment. It's a SEC test and you come away and you, you, you win. Um, not only do you win a game and that, that helps you, but you probably learned a little bit. You had some adversity along the way. You were up big. They cut into it and you're able to, to hold on and win. So damn Tom Petty, man, I swear to God, I thought yeah. Florida was going to come yeah. back and win after the Tom Petty tribute. They, they tried. They really tried, but you know who didn't try? Ryan. So oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I, so talking about Memphis, and maybe you guys can can walk me back a little bit. I'm just having a really tough time understanding how, in the past eleven games against East Carolina, we're two and nine. How? how? It's, that's got that's just one of them things, man. It's kind of like Florida and LSU. That Florida, LSU just beats them. Or LSU, Ole Miss, they just beat them. Yeah, I, I just don't understand. But it's it's a game on your schedule that you look at and go, man, this is a conference game, and we have to win it. But yet we don't. So, my, my my bigger problem isn't ECU specifically. It's the text that you sent me and and how I responded. And we know this from last season to this season, the way Memphis will blow leads is is just astonishing i don't know so when i think about teams that blow leads there's two things i think about one finishing the game and winning just going out and winning a game second thing is adjustments that are made on coaching staff i don't know as a like if you're winning at halftime like what adjustments are you really having to make what you're doing is working, but I think what you have to be able to do is in the moment go, all right, what we were doing that was working is no longer working. So what are we doing now? And I don't think that that conversation ever happens and it might, but it doesn't seem like it does because then it seems like you go back out and it's the, the same thing and you get beat the same way. So, um, you know, losing and, and, four overtimes the way they did um, on a, on a throw really to a guy that, you know, you, you could have made that pass. He, he was open for the most part, um, big, you know, tight end in the corner over, you know, a smaller defensive back. Like that's a, a play you have to make, you know, Seth Hennigan definitely wasn't his best um, against East Carolina. And, you know, with us, I just don't know why, we were ever in a position to be in overtime to begin with. So I'll give you guys the floor. Randy, I'll start with you. Like, am I overreacting thinking like this team is not a very good team or they are a good team and they just run into this buzzsaw that is East Carolina that is just <laughs> a tough matchup. I just – I don't get it. <laughs> no, I don't think – I think Memphis is better than East Carolina for sure. Um, what I think – is that Ryan Silverfield, it's weird because, you know, recruiting-wise, he actually recruits better on paper than Norvell did, better than Fuente did. But I, what I don't understand is that Silverfield seems to be that he's coaching his way regardless of the talent. And, and what I mean by that is you you see Brian Kelly do it when he started the year. Now he's kind of switching it around. You've seen Josh Heupel kind of do it. Those guys, that whole roster's not theirs, right? So they have to – coach to what they have not what they want to have and he wants this you know let's just run 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 35 rushes 84 yards that shit ain't working bro 
You know, I mean, you got to do something different. And when Memphis was at its peak is when they were running and gunning. I don't think it's that Ryan Silverfield forgot to coach. I think he's forgetting or he's not giving it enough credence to the talent that he has. Go to what you have. Seth Hennigan can sling the ball. I've seen a lot of fans blame Seth Hennigan. That's so ridiculous to me, not because he's been in the guest on the show, but it's clear to me that he has the arm talent to run a scheme where you get up and down the field. Let's run some no huddle. And by the way, you, you said it. When you get out to those leagues, keep doing what you've been doing. You never saw Mike Norvell take his foot off the gas. You don't see Josh Heupel take his foot off the gas. What you got to do is dance with who brought you, man. Don't go Randy, against it. Randy, and I think you hit the nail on the head because with 35 rushes and the way they squandered that, what it tells me is you start playing not to lose. Absolutely. And I think that now you're four and four. You, 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 or no, you're, you're three, th- four and three, but you have an opportunity to be four and oh in your conference right now. You have to have an opportunity to only have one loss, and that's the Mississippi State. You weren't going to win that game anyway. They're a lot better team. This is what it is. But what you actually saw was East Carolina, once they got some confidence in what they were doing, they ran on you like water. Like they were coming through it like a wet paper sack. They weren't even given resistance in, in the third, the fourth quarter in overtime. It, it's sad to see. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And you look at the receiving core. I mean, you Memphis has always had athletes and, and guys that you can put out there and throw passes to. But for the most part, over the past 10 seasons, you've had one or two really like talented name guys that will get you 100 plus yards a game off of like eight to 10 catches. But, like, this year we're looking at, like, 12 guys that are going to give you five receptions. You're going to get Joe Skates who's going to get get you a 43-yard pass. You got Prescorn, who's becoming really, like, their best and their go-to guy, um, who had six catches, 104 yards, and his longest was 48. But guys like Ivory are are 55 yards, and, like, one of those was a 20-yard pass, but – when have you seen him get into the end zone? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so, you know, to me, I think that's when we talk about like dance with who brought you and be utilize your weapons and put them in positions. And I think this is where Mike Norvell was really good as he put the weapons he had in a position where they, it was hard for them to not be successful. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, because Randy, Randy talked about should be 4-0 in conference. Look, I mean, when when you look at it and you when we talk about discipline and you talked about lack of adjustments and we talk about these bone leads, it, there's no other way to look at it other than the coaching staff. I mean, because there's too much talent. The, the games should have been won. And when you do this, it's like, like I said, this is the second season in a row. Um, you know, I, I have to look at Silverfield. Yeah, I mean, nowhere else to look but there. I mean, when when you've had a lot, when you've had the success that Memphis has had, there, what tends to happen is it's easy to go, oh, the fans are very spoiled on how it used to be. Well, how do you become these these teams that? Are, are constantly ranked, and, and I'll give you a, a, a quick, you know, just an, an example. Cincinnati, how do you become Cincinnati? How do you become a Houston? Teams that are consistently up there picked and 
Like I bet Cincinnati, if if they lose to SMU uh, this weekend, they're not going to be like, oh, you know, SMU, that's a that's a good team, that's okay, you know. No, that's unacceptable. Like, and I think Memphis fans get blinded by that, and they go, oh, well, it's just, you know, the second loss. We got to support our coach. We need to support this team. And I agree with all that, but I also know like. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't want to be in a bigger conference and be the best team in the American, but then be okay and go, you know, and and not have any qualms about losing to ECU and take having to to lose it in four overtimes and then turn you know, the week before, you know, botch an onside kick and, and completely have a meltdown in the last two minutes to lose to a Houston team. Like that that shit just can't happen. Daniel, no, I know I know Tulane is ranked 25th. Um, yeah. I, I get that, but if he loses a if they lose a third game in a row, um, especially let's say it comes down to a blown lead again, like how hot is his seat? I just I don't think it is because I don't think I don't think they want to get in that position. Like I, I think they're trying like Obviously, I'm reading some stuff. You guys know more about it than I do. There's a lot of money that's at stake for renovations of of sports complexes. And I honestly think, like, they don't want to get in that position where they're having to pay a guy who's not – who's fired. No, I agree. When, 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 when they have all these other mo- – because that's just another money issue that you have to have answers for. And then you got to turn around and find somebody. And what I don't want is this to become a tra- – like, a transition time where we don't really care what happens. We have Larry Porter there until we get our new stadium. And then we bring in a guy that boom, you know, it's going to revamp this. No, I, I mean, I hear Justin Fuentes available. I mean, at this point, like Ravel's on a losing streak. He might become one too. <laughs> he can go sit on the beach when he's done, boy, yeah. boy rich, rich, rich. But no, I, I think, you know, I think you gotta, you gotta make sure this guy's successful. Um, and and if not, then I don't know what they're gonna do. But I think you know he was a a hire we needed it at the time. But I don't think they did the due diligence to get him like they did Fuente or Norvell. But so I agree. They, they I get, think if they go to can, two, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Daniel, if they go to Tulane and win, are you off the ledge? No, because they should win. <laughs> So I was going to say that I think what happened when you had this hire was very similar to when John Calipari left and you got the prettiest pick left in the pen. You had a guy on staff that the players liked that you could keep some continuity with, and I think that's why they did it. And I don't know if it was the best, but it was a guy that was willing to take the job and the players loved him. They all spoke up for him. So you, you kind of have what you have. And I don't think his seat is hot, to be clear. Unless the dude just loses out, his seat's not hot. Uh, because to be honest, I hear a lot of Memphis fans griping about it, but what I don't see, and you asked, how do you get to Cincinnati? How do you get to Louisville? You show up when the team's not good. You show up on a Thursday night. You show up on a Friday night. And they did. That crowd Friday night when they lost to Cincinnati was pretty decent. But let's see what it is next time they have a home game. They say they do go lose to Tulane, and you come back home, and all of a sudden now you're on a three-game losing streak. Who's going to be there, DB? 10, eight, 10,000? You can't. That's what you can't have. But And here's the worst thing that can happen is because – they're playing Tulane this week. If they go down there and they get housed, they don't have a game next week. 
and then the week after is homecoming and then they play UCF. So like it, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any easier. Like you, UCF just put almost a hundred points up on whoever they played. Like it was ridiculous. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah, in a, good. yeah, I'm in a position where I just, I think they can be good, but they're doing some really like amateur hour things. And I think it starts with the coach and I, I hope he can turn it around. And if, if Memphis went to New Orleans this week and, and beat Tulane and, and, and beat them handily, like it wouldn't shock me, but I'm not getting my hopes up because the last time I saw Memphis play at Tulane, they got drunk. And it was like the, the quarterback for Tulane looked like he was an All-American. So, But let's get on to more positive notes. Randy, Tennessee, I heard, and, and I correct me if I'm wrong, I heard that there was a very, very big game in Knoxville this past weekend. Let me tell you about that one, DB. It was so big, it registered as an earthquake on the Richter scale. That's how big this game was, DB. Boom. This was 15 years of frustration. This is Nick Saban being, we don't even call him, we call him Mr. Nick because, you know what I'm saying, he's our mama's friend, you know what I'm saying? Well, that's what we do. He comes over, does what he does, and leaves. Don't even leave nothing on the nightstand when he comes in. <laughs> but Just like this, that, huh? this time, this time was different, and we all knew, yeah, look, you got a puncher's chance, right, because of this offense. So what does Tennessee do? They did exactly what you got to do. You come out and you punch Alabama square in the mouth. And you know the bully on the block. They're going to punch back. And they did. Tennessee jumps out. They end up getting up 28 to 10. And what I've said about Alabama on this show and to you guys a thousand times, Nick Saban is the master at scoring right before halftime and scoring right when the second half ends. They come back and tie the game. And at that point, you're thinking, oh, well, they done threw all their punches out, man. They can't withstand this. And they forgot about this kid named Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt had a Randy Moss-type game. This kid had six catches, six catches for 207 yards, five touchdowns, five. Count them. One, two, three, four, five. And I can't believe Hyatt didn't respond to me, Randy, on Twitter, man. That man needs an NIL deal now. He needs – yes, absolutely. But what you saw in this game and, – and it was so back and forth, DB. Uh, when they fumbled the ball, Alabama gets a scoop and score and goes up. Every Tennessee fan, including myself, is like, well, here we go again. This is what we're here for. What do they do? They go down and get it. Jalen Hyatt answers the bell. So, Hendon Hooker has been teetering on some Heisman. I told you guys I got him at, like, plus 6,000 in the Heisman. Now, he's, like, plus 800. So, he moved up the list. 21 of 30, 385, five touchdowns. He did throw his first interception, first turnover. Actually, he had two of them. No, they gave that one to Jabbar. Either way, throws his first turnover. Uh, but I got I do got to give credit to Bryce Young. The guy Bryce Young was flat, unbelievable, good. Flat unbelievable. Good. I mean, the dude to come back off of an injury to be hurt, he didn't look hurt. Even when Tennessee got pressure, collapsed the pocket, he stepped up. His eyes never stopped moving. He's so comfortable and poised in the pocket that it always felt like he was going to keep them in the game. He got him back in it, and it really came down to the end. Alabama made too many mistakes. And I keep seeing Alabama fans saying, well, if we didn't make these mistakes, that's part of the game. If you score more points than us, you win the game. But you didn't. This team is the most penalized team in the country. So to hear any Alabama fan or any Alabama person say that the referees were on Tennessee's side, miss me with that bullshit because I'm here to tell you every team in the country has experienced Alabama getting the benefit of calls. Well, and they were still the benefit of the call in that game where they, they got were. the pass interference where he drug the Tennessee guy down. Let me tell you what I saw today, boys. Jim, I saw them say, 
This was legitimately on a message board. The reason that Tennessee fans threw the goalpost in the river, which was awesome, by the way, we're going to talk about that in a second, was that they didn't want it to be measured because it wasn't regulation. Do these dumbasses, <laughs> do these dummies not understand that you switch sides? I haven't even seen that yet. I mean, oh, come on. Oh, and also, priceless. for you Alabama fans, and I hope you're listening, roll tide and all that. Well, the only time that you guys rush the fields when you beat Alabama, you damn right. 15 years worth of us getting our ass kicked and not smoking them cigars. We lighting up a fatty, tearing the goalpost down, throw them in the river, and we're doing it again in two years. We'll, do, we'll I, rush the field again. And I love the clip of the president of Tennessee afterward, you know, saying he had no problem paying that fine. I do it every time. But yeah. but as far as the game, the, the note I wanted to say, Randy, because we talked about it in real time, the text when you, you talked about Alabama had to scoop and score. That, that's the thing, like, when, when people have done the comparisons, because, you know, everybody likes to do comparisons, and they compare the offense to the 2019 LSU. The reason why I agree with that comparison, uh, aside from the fact that there's, uh, you know, a Heisman front runner and the elite receivers and everything, was because with that LSU offense, you felt like they could just score at any time. And that was the, that was the feeling right then with Tennessee. Yeah, they went down, but it felt like, hey, Tennessee could come right back and score, and, and they did it and did it quick. And that's, that's the thing about this Tennessee team. Like you don't, I don't think, you know, if I told you Randy right now that you were going to be down, you know, to whoever the team is, if you, you were going to be down 14 going in the fourth quarter, you know, obviously you don't like that situation, but you know what Tennessee can do. And that situation doesn't scare you. Absolutely. No, I mean, they're such a quick hitter. And what I want to talk about this real quick before we move on. If you guys remember back and obviously you don't follow as close as I do. Why would you, why would anybody want this pain of being a Tennessee fan? But so a year and a half ago, you know, Josh Heupel takes over for Jeremy Pruitt. They got allegations, you know, the the strictest kind, and and they're all these players are leaving. We had uh, got Tennessee guys on here that talked about got Jerome uh, Carvin came on here talking about it. Guys leaving. Okay, well it was nothing personal, but I'll be I'll be I think he lied to us, Jim. And let me tell you why. Henry Tua Tua Toto Toto whatever his name is <laughs> doesn't even matter. He made the hype video and it was him narrating it. And at the end, he said. It's not personal. It's just business. I saw at least six or seven Tennessee players after the game say it's just business. So if you think that his old teammates, who he called his band of brothers, did not take that personal, you lost your mind because they wanted that game because of that right there. You gonna take you were all you bled with us, you sweat with us, and then you're gonna go over there and be a, a, a what do they call it? A front runner? Nah. And then what'd you do? You took the L, Henry, and then your daddy said you regretted ever going to Tennessee. We regret you coming there, my friend. We're going to smoke the stogie till next year. So, and, uh, no, I was just going to say, Randy, are you – would you be good if they made it to the SEC championship and they didn't have to play Alabama, or is that the team that you want to go? Give me that again. I do want to see it again. And, obviously, the, the rematches usually go to – the team that lost the first one. But I think that to legitimize everything that Tennessee is on the trajectory to do, let's play them again. Now, I don't even know. Will Alabama get there? Think about this. Alabama could legitimately have three losses. They have the a Texas tough, game. tough road. They do. But the Texas game, that if, if Quinn Ewers, the way he's been playing since then, if he doesn't get hurt in that game, the way they're dominating Alabama, they probably win that game. The A&M game, Alabama, you got the benefit of a call. It's pass interference. You held the dude down. They still got to play LSU. They still got to play Ole Miss. They there's a lot of. I think this Alabama team is showing. Some Ironically, you get you got to mention Auburn because even when Auburn sucks, oh, that rivalry is so good they find a way sometimes. True. 
but but I'll I'll say this, you know, if that does happen, if if Tennessee ends up because of we know how good Tennessee and Georgia is, if Tennessee ends up in the uh the SEC championship, that means they're gonna have been undefeated, uh clearly, because them or Georgia, who you know, whoever wins that game and you know they're not gonna lose to anybody else. And so I say that to say that if Tennessee was to play Alabama and they were to lose, Tennessee's going to be in the playoff because we've seen this story a million times over, right? Whether it was whether it was Georgia, Alabama, LSU, you know. So the, the thing about it is if Tennessee could take care of business and beat Georgia, if they were even to lose to Alabama, I feel like you probably get in a rubber match. Re- yeah, re- regardless, too, of, like, what anybody else in the country does, if Tennessee makes SEC championship, and they let's say they play Alabama, and they beat them again. Like Tennessee is head and shoulders the favorite and the best team in college football at that point. And that, and that game, that game, I, I tell you guys, like, and it was Alabama again. You know, and uh, I know I keep referencing the 2019. I haven't seen a college football game that good since Tua and those elite receivers from Alabama at home lost to Joe Burrow in that 2019 squad. And so that just another, you know, parallel or whatever, that game is as good as it gets. And that's the funny part, Danny, you bring up if they were to play again, I don't know that it could, it could match like what we saw, like that game was absolutely everything you want. I mean, to be honest, like it was really a couple of things away from Tennessee, just really putting it on those dudes, to be honest. Like, I think that would be the fear that, in a rematch for Alabama is that you know, Tennessee could play a little bit better. Absolutely. And, and they could. That's, that's kind of the, the scary part. How many weeks uh, we got till y'all got Georgia, Randy? Three. They play UT Martin, Georgia, and then Georgia. I mean, UT Martin, Kentucky, then Georgia. Old Kentucky. Y'all gonna have fun drumming that ass, ain't you? Man, we want to dust them boys off. And they announced they're, it's not official. They're wearing. They're pulling out the blacks. They're going dark mode. Halloween game. Kentucky. I heard. No, I Ooh. saw the thing. I heard. Checker. Go checkerboard. Boy, dark. Dark that mode. Checkerboard. Oh my god, Daniel. You know what we're talking about? Oh, you seen that? The st- imagine the stadium checkerboard in orange and black. Ooh. Hey, that's that's what's up. They should do it. They should do it for sure. But let's get to picks from last week. Obviously. It was a uh, a good week for Randy, better than the rest of us, um, but not that great. Uh, we all had Michigan. We all got a point for Michigan. Jim, you and I picked Alabama. Randy went went true. He picked Tennessee. He got a point for that. Um, you know, I, I I told you guys going in, Oklahoma State was was ready for that one one time, and. Damn it if they didn't do it. And I, I picked them anyways, but Randy picked TCU. He's hey, the only one that got a point. For that I got I got to make a note on that Alabama thing. I got what I wanted, though. If you guys remember, I picked it saying I was hedging my bet because I wanted Tennessee to win. So I was either going to get the point or get what I wanted. So I'm absolutely okay with not getting that point. Very true. Uh, Syracuse, you know, takes care of business. Jim, you're the only one that picked Syracuse. Shout out to you. And then Shout we out. all – we all took Mississippi State, and that didn't go. What a clunker. That yeah, was an I mean, awful take. You know, I don't know, Jim. Obviously, Mississippi State, you've got some connections there, and, and you, you, follow, you follow them you know, probably better than, than we do. But 
that's a game they should have won, and that's a game they needed to win. Yeah, no, um, and, you know, Mike Leach, man, doesn't help himself at all in, in what he says. And even our, you know, you, we talk about Randy says, don't say stuff because they're our guests. Will Rogers didn't sound good with what he said either. They, I mean, lackadaisical bullshit excuses, um, you know, just talk about that they uh, didn't come out prepared. You know, like, how do you not come out prepared for a road game in the SEC against a ranked team? That's bullshit. You, you know, you didn't play to what you, your potential is supposed to be. You know, Leach with all his excuses, um, you, you know, Mississippi State is better than that. I know they are. And for whatever reason, they came out and laid an egg. Um, and now, you know, they get to have Alabama come to town, who's going to be clearly pissed off. So you, you squandered an opportunity to where, you know, maybe losing to Alabama isn't a big deal. Now you're talking about taking two losses in a row. Yeah. Well, um, what was really more eye-opening to me was that Kentucky's defense is pretty good. They got some guys back, but they held Mississippi State to like 250 yards total. I mean, that's crazy, man. I mean, they made Mississippi State, you know, Mississippi State gets ranked 16, starts getting some love and everything, and then they made them look so pedestrian. They did. Wow. And really, if not for a pick six, that really wasn't Will Levis's fault. It was a screen that the guy read. Uh, but other, that's really – the game wasn't as close as this final score set either. Yeah, it's, it's going to be – obviously, they got Alabama, and they've got a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, you can read social media. You can even pull it up on ESPN. They had a tragedy in that program, and, and it's it's just going to be a tough week all the way around. Um, yeah. Uh, want to read or hear about that. Sure. Will Rogers' tweet, along with some other players, I mean, you can pretty much read between the lines, Um, you know, just speculating. I don't have factual evidence. I'm pretty sure Sam um, Westmoreland took his own life, which we've we've talked about. Um, you know, suicide and and you know just the toll it takes. And so for that team, like I mean, I don't I don't pretend to know what's going on in that locker room. And so I don't even know how. You know, I was just talking about excuses for lack of focus. Well, this one this would be one that wouldn't be an excuse. I, I don't know what's going on in that locker room and how much focus they are actually on football right now. We we've seen it before, man. We've seen things like this spark a team and and give them this 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 feeling of euphoria to go out and and, and win. So it, it it might be interesting how they go out there and play. Um, both teams need to win. They need to bounce back. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But guys, let's uh, let's get into where we ended. Um, we both. Or well, we have one more game. USC. We all took USC, and we all lost. So there's that. That was the. Uh, remember, you know, that was the Pac-12 garbage trash can. Well, the, the, the Utah, the, the Utah fucking train is hard to pick, man. I mean, they lost to Florida, and then you know they've beaten UCLA, and now USC. Like, but then they lost to somebody else. Like, I, I don't. You don't know what you're gonna get with Utah. Yeah, very true. Did, has so, UCLA has a loss? Or not UCLA. Who the, They beat somebody else. They did beat somebody. I, I was going to say, I think UCLA's still undefeated. Yeah, UCLA's undefeated. That's my bus. But you know what I'm talking about. They won, yeah, yeah, yeah. They won two big games and lost two games they shouldn't have. There's a bit, UCLA got a big one this weekend. Yep. But looking at the total, uh, Jim, last week you had 19 total college points coming in. You got two this week. You're sitting at 21. 
Randy, you had 21 points coming in uh, to this past week. You got three for your picks, so you're sitting at 24. I was at 19, and I got one right. So good, good for me, man. Good for me. Trash. I got a, I got a total of 20. So read those with, again. Jim's got what? So college standing. 24, yeah. 21, 20. Randy, you're in first with 24. Jim is okay. in second with 21, and I am in third with 20. So what he's telling you is I'm going to catch you this week. I don't uh, think so. What, what I'm saying is I'm making you guys feel good about you. Because yourself. I know where you're going to go with this first pick, and I'm going to get a point right off the bat. Ooh. Uh, well, oh, so you're picking Ole Miss? Well, <laughs> let's go to it. Jim, who you got? Ole Miss, LSU. LSU, make it seven straight down on the Bayou in the Magnolia Bowl. Wow. Wow. Randy, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a top 10 ranked team go against an unranked team and be an underdog? I could I can't think that I've ever seen that. It's odd. It's very odd to see. Well, I, I, I really think it's because of the way LSU's owned that series. I really do. Well, could be. Randy, who's gonna own the series this Saturday? Who do you think? LSU is still going to own the series, but I am picking the Ole Miss Rebels. I do think that this is Lane Kiffin's best coaching job he's ever done. And if you put Matt Corral with the with what he's got going now, that team would be a legitimate playoff team. I don't know. Well, he don't. He got big. Jackson Dart there, so that's why Jack- they're not. Going. I mean, t- let me tell you why I think the LSU is vulnerable against LSU. LSU can't stop the run, and they certainly cannot stop the run against a running quarterback. Anthony Richardson did what he wanted against that team, and he's not very good. I don't think Jackson Dart's better than Richardson, but what I will say is that Lane Kiffin, with having the time to prepare for that, LSU's defense just isn't as good as I think they need to be to stop what Ole Miss does. And so I think it's going to be really close. It's going to come down to the end, and you got to I go with Lane Kiffin over Brian Kelly in that situation 99 times out of 100. There you go. I'm going Ole Miss as well. Yes, I got a point on both. I, mean, I love it. I mean, I, at this point, like I'm – I got to take you guys down one person at a time. So I'm probably going to follow Randy a little bit here until I, I just take you down, Jim. And then Randy, coming for your throat. Just be ready. Come on, baby. Be ready. All right, Syracuse, Clemson. Randy, who you got? Uh, Clemson. Jim, who you got? Cuse. They took care of me last week. You know, um, as as cool as it would be for Syracuse to to continue this uh, this big streak of of wins, give me Clemson. I told you, Jim. I got to take take you guys down one at a time. I've redirected my strategy and my focus. Next game, UCLA and Oregon. I'm gonna take the Ducks. I don't think UCLA is that good. I don't know how they're they're undefeated right now. I don't think they're that good. But, you know, we have to pick a winner for the Pac-12 garbage can trash game of the week. So, give me the Ducks. Jim, who you got? Randy, do you mind going first on this one? No, yeah, give me the Ducks. Home game. All right, I'll give me UCLA then because I, fl- I was a coin flip. I just want to go opposite Randy, like, on all these motherfuckers. I mean – Jim, you're just going to hand over. <laughs> you're handing over second place right to him. Gracias. Texas, Oklahoma State. Jim, who you got? Texas. Mm. Ooh. Randy, who you taking? To, to keep it on the opposite side, 
Let's go, Cowboys. I'm a man. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to go Oklahoma State at this point. Yes, they, I'm they, going to run they away. Already, they already proved me wrong, so now I, I might as well just ride this ship as long as it lasts. So give me, give me State. Mississippi State, Alabama. Give me Alabama by 65 points. I don't He's even gonna give us that whole thing about, you know, magic and heartfelt stuff, Randy, and then come out and say some shit yeah. like that. Hey, it'll be great for like a quarter, and then Alabama, and then reality sets in. Yeah, give me Rain. roll tide. Right, all right, Jim. This, this, this is no. I'm t- I'm taking Alabama, but I will say this in regards to what you said. If they didn't just come off a loss to Tennessee, I would be bold and pick them. But because they just came off Tennessee, there's no way I'm picking Alabama to lose back to back games. Let me ask y'all a question before we move on. Have you ever seen a coach more inconsistent than Mike Leach? His teams are wildly inconsistent. It's crazy to me. Like, I mean, even this, look at last year. They came out the first game against LSU and beat them, put up like like 48, maybe something like that. And then the next week they can barely score 10. Like they just, I don't understand. But I'm glad you brought up inconsistent. I'll tell you what he is consistent in. And ironically with us doing this pick him. He, as the coach of Mississippi State, has never lost back-to-back SEC games. Well, that he ain't. He must not have had played yeah. Alabama that second one. Yeah. He, it ain't gonna be. <laughs> Streak starts here. Yep. I I don't know. Like, when was the last time Alabama lost two games in a row? Oh, Eric Anders sophomore season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's been a quite a while. So, um. Last game, Randy, Kansas State, TCU. You've been on the Horn Horn Frog bandwagon for a little bit. Oh, now. yeah. I'm riding them, baby. Give me the Horn Frogs. Home game. I mean, it's going to be close. I think people sleeping on Kansas State a little bit, but give me TCU. All right. Jim, who you got? I got to pick two in a row with them. I hate to do it, but give me TCU. The other four will give me the lead. I'm good. You know, this is one where I, I could I, I I could go a couple different ways. You know, we got got Kansas State, got TCU. We got Kansas State five and one. They're going into TCU. You know what? I think it's time for this little TCU fiasco to, to end. Give me give me K State. I thought he was gonna do that thing where he talked it up and then still yeah then say TCU. yeah give me the horn frogs <laughs> give me the horn frogs. No, give me give me Kansas State. Let's let's roll the dice. Let's see what happens. Recapping a little bit, you know, Jim, you're gonna take LSU. Well, we we know that you're gonna take Syracuse, UCLA, Texas. Uh, we are all taking Alabama, and you two are taking TCU. I'm taking K State, but for the rest of the games, Randy, you and I are on the opposite side of Jim. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. I think next week. You might be looking at a a, a new uh, a new second place here. I, I I can't wait, cannot wait. But let's uh let's get into this NFL talk, Jim. I'll start with you, man. The the Saints, and we we texted about it. We talked about it, and basically put themselves in a very bad situation. Um, it, it's a game that they should have won too, but. You know, from from your standpoint, you were texting like obviously you go back to the refs a little bit, but how much of this was on the Saints as well? 
Uh, more of it was on the Saints and the refs. Um, it's very similar to what we were talking about with Memphis. Um, Dennis Allen was coaching that game not to lose. He was trying to run the ball, um, wasn't giving Dalton a chance down the stretch, um, trying to, uh, you know, nurse a lead. And um, and then, he, you know, with four and a half minutes left, you know, he tried it and they got stuffed and gave Joe Burrow the ball back after they had gained momentum. Um, you don't have Lattimore. Chase is having a game. Like, it's just – it was all bad. Like, you needed to give Dalton a chance. You didn't do it. And so, um, that was uh, – that was a bad decision-making. So, the, the the refs had no – no, I had no issue until after, actually, the, the Saints gave it the lead. And let's just talk about poor tackling and letting Chase score that touchdown. That's on the Saints as well. But on that final drive, man, dude, first of all, I had – and I'm glad I went to Twitter. Like, it wasn't even just Saints fans. That shit gave me flashbacks. I'm surprised I slept that night because Alvin Kamara got absolutely blown up, um, you know, just like Tommy Lee Lewis did in that uh, New Orleans no-call game against the Rams before the ball got there when Taysom was throwing it. And somehow the ref was standing right there, and Taysom Hill was losing his mind, and he didn't get the call. And then on the final play on fourth down, Callaway – their feet did not get tangled up, dude. The damn DB fell down and grabbed him and drug his ass to the ground, and they didn't call it. And so the final drive and in the chance where the Saints would have a chance to take the lead, um, the refs botched two calls. Ultimately, like you and Randy say, there's a whole game that takes place. The Saints absolutely put themselves in that position. I get it. 100%. They, they put themselves in that position. But, damn, the refs didn't do anything to help them down the stretch. Yeah, I, it's it's usually what's funny. I, I I love when I hate it for you that the Saints lose, but I always love when the Saints lose. You always come in here say the same thing. But I've ne- you've never heard me say LSU's lost because of the refs. I swear to God, the Saints made a deal with the fucking devil in 2010 because well, I mean, ever since then, ever since then, they can't get a penalty to save their lives, but they can get called for everything. It is wild. Hey, I, I don't I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't, I think you being a fan and being in it, I think you feel as though the refs are screwing you guys. I, I get, it's well, the whole fan base thing. Cause I'm going to tell you whether you were on Twitter or whether you were in Buffalo Wild Wings with the other 30 Saints fans, I, they felt the same damn way. But that's my point. Saints fan. Like they, I don't think you're getting more penalties called. Ask Randy if he saw Kamara get blown up before the ball got there. I, what yeah, I'm that saying, one was. But what I'm saying is, is, all right, you may have a valid point sometimes, but every game is always the same. It's always something to do with the refs. Okay. But I think what I'm trying to tell you is I don't think the Saints are being penalized any more or any less than any other team in the league. I think just because you're a fan of that team, you voodoo feel is, it more. Voodoo is real, Daniel. But I'll tell you this. I'm going to mm-hmm. end this Saints note. The similarities between them and Memphis this year are eerily similar in the sense that the Saints could easily be five and one, literally one play, one drive type deal, and yet they find themselves at two and four. It it really pisses me off. I had to look this up. Just let's go last year. Most penalized team in the league last year. Who do you think it was? Saints. Not even close. Cow- they're not even. Cowboys. They're not even in the top twenty. Most Cowboy. penalized teams. Cowboys by far. Uh, Cowboys, Raiders, Chargers, Cardinals, Texans were the top five. 
Let me go down. The Saints, how many teams are there in the league? 30? 32. I would say the Cowboys might be up there again this year. Yeah, so the Saints are the tw- – last year they were the 22nd most penalized team. So but that's I good. didn't say they get it. It's no, the, no, no. I'm, it's I'm the just, timing in which they happen. I'm, I'm just bringing it up. So this year, the Saints – so far this year, the Denver Broncos are way out in front in most penalized team. Seahawks and then the Saints are you know, people, number three. People who watch Broncos games are the most penalized. Yeah. This is, this sure. is very true. The least penalized team in the league this year, and it's – so the Broncos have 54 penalties. The Rams only have 24 penalties. Hey, since, since it's not a talking point, Randy, I got to ask you because they played the Chargers this past week. How is it Denver, no matter who they play, even a team like the Chargers, they could find a way to make it look so damn ugly? They, now, they made the Chargers why. play to their level. Let me tell you why. That Denver defense is probably the best defense as a whole. They don't have Michael Parsons, so don't, don't kill me, DB. But that defense is a, is a Super Bowl contending defense. Russell Wilson, I've been saying this for like 10 years. You're a fraud, bro. You're not good. So you got the best defense with the offense who can't score. Therefore, you get a game full of field goals every week. Big facts. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Micah Parsons, man. I'll, I'll talk about the Cowboys a little bit. Um, I think going into the game, you have an expectation of, well, probably the Eagles are a better team because they have everybody. They have all their weapons. They have good players. They have good coaching. And the Cowboys have some of that, but the one piece that you don't have is your starting quarterback, even though the quarterback that you do have has played pretty good. And when I say good, I use that loosely because really the defense has played really well and made it a little bit easier for the quarterback to be successful. If you want to, if you want to talk about, you know, non-calls, I think Cooper Rush got a, a roughing the passer that wasn't called. So there's there's that for you, Jim. I think any other uh, in any other quarterback would have gotten that, especially a Brady. Um, but looking at the game, you know. It was tight in the first quarter, 0-0, defense doing things. But then the Eagles figured out how to kind of take Micah Parsons out of the equation and and really, you know, use his strength to their advantage and and him being aggressive and just work around him and and play off of him. Um, They didn't shy away from running towards him and going to him. They just, you know, used that run-pass option as, as their benefit. But... Eagles are a really good team. Um, Cowboys came charging back and had an opportunity uh, late in the third, but just, you know, inevitably couldn't, couldn't get it done. So, um, you know, four and two, two and one going into this week's game, I think is, is a, a great place for them to be given the injury to Dak. Um, Jim, obviously you, you've been talking about picking, picking up Dak uh, in fantasy or, or what are your hopes for him moving forward? Uh, I did pick him up, and I think, uh, you know, he's been cleared medically. It's, um, you know, Jerry Jones is, is signed off, so it's really all up to McCarthy. He said it's going to be about timing and what he sees at practice, but I think we all know the decks are um, – I, I, I think what you need to see is what we talked about, right? The reason why Dallas was having some success with Cooper Rush was because they actually – found their identity running the ball. They need to keep that. 
Um, but ex I expect more explosive pass plays in in the pass game, and I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping Dak can. Realistically, if I could get in a perfect world, what I want, if I if I could get um, either three passing touchdowns or two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown from your guy, I'd be happy. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I've I, had Russell Wilson at quarterback. He's just got to throw one touchdown to achieve better than my current quarterback. Well, I think he will do that because I think that's one thing that you know is pretty much proven is. You know, he's coming back from a broken thumb. It's not as significant as the last injury he came back from. And when he came back from the, the broken leg, he immediately started throwing the football again. So, like, I feel like he's going to go back and they're going to be like, all right, if you're if you're in this lineup and you're ready to play, then it's it's full, full go. Like, we're not holding back. We're not going to maneuver around it. We're going to, you know, keep it rolling you know, like we were doing. So. so so, to talk about the Eagles for a second, because uh, they don't have a game this week, so we don't have any other reason to talk to them after we move on to the Colts. I'm going to ask both of you guys this question. You know, obviously they're sitting at 6-0, and um, but I was listening to a conversation today. When you compare them to, like, the Chiefs and the Bills and the AFC, like, are, are the – is it, you know – they're the, the top of the NFC or are they legitimate in the conversation for top of the NFL? I mean, I I think when you look at those three teams, your immediate comparison is going to immediately go to the quarterback position. And is Jalen Hurts a Josh Allen or a Pat Mahomes? Absolutely not. But what Jalen Hurts does do is a lot of the things that Pat Mahomes can do. Um, so now you surround – Jalen Hurts with some guys, some some big time weapons, and and like it's hard to say that they wouldn't be competitive, but I don't necessarily hold them in the same regard as those two teams. Randy, no, not at all. Well, I do think that with Jalen, what he's been able to do and what that that team is, though, man, I I'm I'm super impressed because I missed on that. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was going to be an NFL quarterback. And he's kind of like that new style, prototypical NFL RPO. But he's been making – he does make the throws. I mean, I, I I'm impressed. The, I picked the Eagles to win that division, but I didn't think it was going to be, I mean, anything close to this. Yeah, no, I agree. Not at all. Um, you know, I I didn't think that division would have – yeah, that uh, division is the best division in football yeah. right now. Who would have fucking thought? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought that. But, hey. It is what it is, man. Now, Randy, your Colts, a uh, big, big dub, big dub for them against the Jaguars. I think it's good to see that they could bounce back from a week one loss to these guys, especially the way that it went down. But yeah, um, shut out. Yeah. But now, you know, they score 34 points. They, you know, obviously give up some points, but they win the game nonetheless. But what's your take from last week's game? Well, I think that uh, you saw Matt Ryan not turn the ball over. He threw the ball a little more than I would like, 42, 58, 389, three touchdowns. But what I think you did see, you're still missing a lot of guys. You're missing JT. You're missing Himes. Uh, those two guys are – that's a, that's a one-two combo. You can't really afford to lose. That's why you didn't see as much from the running game. Uh, but Matt Ryan did his thing. They get the ball back. Pittman was amazing. He had over 130 yards uh, receiving. Uh, the defense is still missing so many pieces, it's hard to judge them. 
But to be able to come back, Alec Pierce get his first career touchdown reception and for it to be a game winning after they go down one, just this huge, man. I think that was a huge win for the Colts. And now it puts them right there a half a game behind the Titans going into the Titans game. Uh, so you, everything's still in front of you. Your season hasn't started the way you want, but now you got two wins in a row, albeit the last one was like, you know, a, a crime on humanity. But, um, you know, but it, it, who was involved in that game? Yeah, the Broncos. So, you know, hey, look, what we're trying to do here is just win football games. And you're now you're at what, three, two, and one? Yeah. Three, two, and one. Yeah. I mean, come you on, are man. top of the it's division, of baby. Top of the division. Let's go. We got the worst division in football. We got to win it. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, guys. Let's talk uh, last week's games. Let's get a, a recap of our picks. So, um, obviously, you know, Bengals and Saints, the, the Bengals, you know, come away with the victory. Jim, you do not get a point because you picked, picked your team. Uh, Randy and I went with the Bengals. We both got a point. Jaguars, Colts. Jim, you went Jags. Randy and I went Colts. And we both get a point. You do not. Ravens at the Giants, which was, you know, a crazy game, but the Giants end up coming away with the victory and none of us picked the Giants. I got to ask you guys, are we sleeping on the Giants yes. and the and the Jets for, yes. for that for that fact? I mean, they've been bad for so long. We're just conditioned to think they're going to stay bad. But I mean, I, th I think the, the Giants are good, but uh, the Ravens gave that game away, to be clear. The Ravens continue to give games give away games. all season long. Yeah, they've, they've been good at it for sure. Yep. Um, Vikings Dolphins. We all took the Vikings. We all got a point for that. I think you know the Dolphins. Do Randy? Do the Dolphins come like to a plays this week? Are they gonna be back to where they were? I mean, obviously, prior to all this going down, they were the the flavor of the out. week. Yeah. yeah so do they turn this thing around? Oh man, they're not. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no, and I'm worried about Tua, man. I'm I'm worried about it. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely an injury that, with it happening so close together, like it's there's still not enough research on it and the effects, but it's gonna be, I mean it's gonna be telling when he goes out there and you see him moving around, and and my hope is that, and I don't think they could afford. To, to do this but i think he has to be improved that he is by far a hundred percent before they even give him a helmet put him put him in in the game yeah because we know too much about cte now to risk it right this yeah. isn't steve young getting his eighth concussion and laughing it off and saying he's a tough guy we're, we're past that yeah it, it ain't about being a tough guy it's about longevity of life and you know i think that's definitely something for as young as he is that you, you got to look at i listened um, to him today though he don't sound like a dude that's backing away from it no no he uh he definitely i think do you think you know obviously to me like something like that's got to be a scary moment but like he's not dismissing it but he's not looking like it's uh like, like it's a big deal you know i agree but i guess that's kind of how you have to roll like you don't want it to you don't want the, that to fear you into having a bad game and performing bad, but uh, the Bills and the Chiefs. So, Jim, you took the Chiefs. Randy and I took the Bills. Randy and I get a point. Cowboys, Eagles. 
Randy is the only one that took the Eagles, so Randy gets a point. It's a, uh, a, a big week for Randy in, in, in pro football. So, is going... anywhere that he didn't win, like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, whether yeah. we were doing picks or his teams or whatever, oh, go to hell, Randy. It was, yeah. it was, it was a big week, week, uh, for me as well. So, uh, for pro football, anyhow, last week, Jim, you had. 13 total pro points <laughs> i got 14. this this week you got one right you're, you're sitting at 14 randy you had 14 last week this week you got an additional five so you're sitting at 19 last week i had 11 this week i got four i leapfrog jim i got a total of 15 so the 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 pro standings are randy in first with 19 me in second with 15 jim you are in third with 14 but for the season totality of all the pick'em, here's what we're looking at. We got Randy sitting in first place with 43 total points, man. So shout out to you. Jim, you are not in second. You're in third. I am in second with 35 points. You are in third with 34 points. So the caboose of this train is is we're not far from each other so um you know randy i expect a, randy to to play this lead out like memphis would Don't absolutely worry. i'm going okay. last at every pick can't wait and then at the end of this i'm gonna win i can't randy. believe i took a shot at memphis like that and we just gonna gloss over it well i mean you didn't let me finish what i was gonna say is i'm gonna end up coming back and winning and Jim, you're gonna come in second, but then blame it on some technicalities from the the referees or some bullshit. Let me. Like I that. mean, I mean, you did. I do think you cheated me one of those weeks and picks. But let me tell you what I'm fair. gonna do. I'm no Ryan Silverfield. I'm going for the throat. By the time we come back on here Monday, I'm gonna extend this large lead I have. My lead is what eight total. Oh man, that's. I mean, boys, boys, boys. Oh, you're going to start off getting one wrong right off the gate again going against my team for a second I'm time not, tonight. I'm not picking the fucking Cardinals. They're awful. They get Hopkins back. I don't care. Kyler Murray, you're 5'6". <laughs> Be a jockey, not a quarterback. Oh, wow. He needs to go back to run the ball. I, I remember I those agree. Days. And he's just – he ain't got a receiver one to throw to, and I think – Hollywood Brown is is proven like he ain't the number he ain't that kind of guy. He's gonna throw now, three touchdowns to my guy he, Hopkins. He's this hurt. Week. I, I, I hope so. I hope. So. I picked him in every league, Randy. I have waited six weeks. I now have inserted him in all three lineups. Let's go. I got him in one of my leagues, so I'm with yeah. you. I, I got him in one of my leagues, but I kind of want him to do bad because Jim has been adamant about not wanting to trade him on fantasy this man wanted to trade jamar chase for leonard fournette and deandre hopkins hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on it went back to really randy he he's telling you an accurate like representation but that's like that's not offered him fournette metcalf and he wants my one guy that i don't want to give away 
And I said, well, you have to give up something that you necessarily don't want to give up to get something that you want. That's and how my, fucking and my, trades work. My counter argument was, Randy, first of all, he gets two for one. But my counter argument was I didn't draft Hopkins to trade him the week that he finally plays. But that's the thing. That's But for Jamar Chase, I might do it. Um, thank you. Like, there's no guarantee. Jamar Chase has been playing all year. and Hopkins ain't done shit. So. There's that. He's made a lot of TikToks. Probably. I hope he's been running routes for Jim's sake. Oh, yes. So before we roll, Randy, NBA has started. The Grizz, they're back. They picked up a dub tonight. It was probably a little bit harder than it. Are we just skipping NFL picks, bro? You just skipping the picks? Oh, my bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I just. You're right. This thing is over. Got into, the, got into the scores, man, and just, you know, got off on a tangent with DeAndre Hopkins. But all right, let's 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 go to the picks. Let's let's get it done. Saints, Cardinals, Jim. Are you are you going with the Saints? Yeah. Hmm. Here we big, go. Get big game from AK 41 coming. Okay. All right. Randy, who you got? Um, you did all that crap about the Cardinals sucking and didn't pick on kick your ass. I'm gonna the Saints got to get it together at some point. I'm going Saints. <laughs> mm. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go Cardinal. Go I mean, you them. have to at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, I feel like the the true winner of this game is gonna be the referees. Why? Watch and see. Watch and see. Like, if, I can't wait for what happens is that the Saints get the benefit of a call on the late. And this is going to be awesome. It's going to it's going to be take it. it's Hopkins gets tackled Hop- in the end zone. It's going to be de- it's going to be offensive pass interference in the end zone. DeAndre Hopkins catches the ball to win the game, but it also wins Jim the fantasy. But it's called back because hey, the referees call, call pass. All, all, all jokes aside, by the way, it looks like Lattimore is not going to play again. So that's also benefit Hopkins. Uh, Lattimore, he's okay. He, Move he, on. I ain't even doing he, this with you. He ain't that good. But any, anyhow, Colts, Titans, Randy, you going with your Colts? Death taxes to the Titans yeah. now. I can't bro. say that, man. It's death taxes and Titans, but give me the Colts, man. We, I think we're getting JT back, and that's going to be the difference maker. And we got to take over the division this week. I'm sticking with my boys, Matty Ice. I, I think, I think Matt, I think Stafford's going to have, or Stafford, I think Matt Ryan's going to have a better day. I think he's going to get. I just don't think Tennessee's defense is that good, and I think he's going to be able to have some time to throw the ball. The you irony. Got, you got JT back, and I, I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm taking the Colts. I'm taking, I'm taking the Titans, and the irony of your comment is I plugged in while we doing all this fantasy talk. The Titans in two leagues, I want three picks from Matty Ice. Oh, Lord. Here we picks go. he don't throw. Now, fumbles. He got you. All right, whatever. I need three turnovers and a stupid yeah. score. All right, Falcons, Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals. Give Same. me Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Back yeah, at it's it. Gonna, it's going to be hard to gain any ground on you, Randy, because these are such doo doo games. We're going to pick a like outside of the damn Colts yeah. Titans. Yeah, I'm going to go Bengals for sure. Jim, are you going Bengals? Bengals. 
Cowboys, Lions. Jim, who you got? Oh, shit. I was hoping you go Randy first. I was going to see. I'll go first. Cowboys. I'll even go second. I'm going to second that Cowboys. I think I might I might pick Cowboys every game this year. I know I, picked, I know I picked up Dak, but I just I just want to try to gain a game somewhere. I got to do it. Let's go Lions. Let's do it. They're off a bye week. They're feeling good. <laughs> mm. Okay. Giants and Jacks. <clears throat> what a game. What a game. Jim, who are you taking? Hey, Randy thinks the Jaguars are a solid team. Very quick. Hayden, give me the Jaguars. I mean, I would say that, too, if my team just beat them. Well, oh, I said it after before. they lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. So, so, so they they beat the shit out of his team in week one. He goes, you know what? You know what? That's Jaguars a good team. Really no, good. okay. First of all, then they beat the shit out of somebody else after that too. I don't remember. Yeah, he, he said it this after the they beat yeah. the Chargers. Yeah. All right, who are you going with, Jim? Jaguars. Randy, who are you going with? Giants. Mm, <laughs> fuck them dudes. They yeah, fucking Jaguars suck. No. Um, I'm going Jaguars, man. Jim All ain't right. gaining no ground on me. All right, I'm going Giants. Chiefs and 49ers. Chiefs. Give me, give me the Chiefs, Chiefs. man. Chiefs. <laughs> I told you, man. This, I looked at that slate, and I was like, I don't know who to put here. Like, whatever. This is actually All the right. game the 49ers win, though, because this is the games they do win. Like, they're not a good team, really. They're going to muck it up. Yeah. Muck it all up, and it's going to be a – 12 to 3 game and it's gonna be ugly. No, it's gonna be nasty. All right. Now we can get to NBA action. All right. Tip off Grizz first game tonight. Had a, you know, had it in hand up until the fourth quarter, kind of gave it back to the Knicks. But Randy, the Grizz back in action. Are you excited? You know, and what's the outlook on the season for these guys? Stoked, man. I think that the uh, Grizzlies, they they got the dub tonight. I think the one thing they've been saying in the offseason was, you know, obviously Jaren's out. Santi Aldama's going to be in his spot, and the kid's been playing great, played great in summer league. Comes out in his opening game, has 18 and 11. I mean, that's that's a great stat line, right? That's more rebounds than you usually get from Jaren. No knock on Jaren. Um, you know, Ja was just, I mean, unbelievable. 34 points and nine assists. Um, I think that once you, you, you kind of – weather the storm until Jaron gets back, and then you kind of take – no. I think this is a top five team in the West. I'm going to say that, top five team. So, I don't think there's a huge step back. There will be a step back probably from seeding, but the West is really deep. Um, you know, you got a lot of teams. The, the Warriors, of course, look great. They look like they never lost a step. So, I think the Grizzlies are going to be fine. There's a lot of people not picking them. They didn't pick them last year. They finished second. You know what I'm saying? Do what we do. But, but top – know what? Top four, D.B., I know this. The Suns getting their ass whooped by Dallas. Huh? Dallas got that one dude who's I heard is pretty good. Really, but I'm bringing that up because you know Randy's talking about seating. You know, Phoenix has been a big question mark coming the season. What will they be like? Well, I'm curious, Jim. Obviously, your your team. They won't make the playoffs. I say your team. I don't think they're your. They're team. pretty bad. I just think your guy. Um, but. Is it is last night's game an indicator of how good they're going to be? Obviously, obviously, it can be an indicator of what level that they're at, but you're playing the defending champions. Like, like if you lose, you lose. Like that—that's a, a high possibility. So, 
like when you look at them losing, was it so much that they lost or how they lost that makes you feel this way? I feel this way because <clears throat> I feel like LeBron, regardless of how I feel about him, what he said after it was true. Um, you know, I don't like this, the term lasers. That sounds stupid. But um, they don't have the shooting. And, you know, I was listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning, and they are talking about it. If this Lakers team was playing in the 80s, um, they might be the favorite to win it all. Um, but the way the league is constructed now and the way that you got to have shooters, they have absolutely none. Patrick Beverly is actually career percentage best uh, three-point shooter on that team. Um, so with their lack of shooting – and hell, they, I mean, they got um, 80 points, 80 something points between their big three. It didn't matter. Their bench unit sucks. Like that team's just, that team's trash. And I don't think Westbrook's going to be there um, at the trade deadline. I don't know how they move them with this contract, but um, my man, look, I, I'll tell you this Charles Barkley hit the nail on the head. This is my thought process, other than the fact that the, the Lakers suck. I want to tell y'all something about Russ. He, he threw down the damn hammer, old school style. And I thought about what Charles Barkley said. And when I saw the highlight this morning, I thought about it. I've seen every damn Westbrook dunk I think ever. Y'all know I'm that big of a mega fan. I've never seen him not stomp, beat his chest, yell. He casually jogged off as if he didn't give a shit that he just threw it down. And that told me everything. And I agree with Charles Barkley. He's lost his passion for the game. Oh, he's just there collecting checks, huh? Exactly. Big fucking check. A big check. Hey, he's just doing what he's got to do. Hey, I, I'll in, go play in, for forty-two million. Well, but the thing is, is in in the that market for the Lakers, like I could see that happening there over a lot of other teams, just because of all that goes into being on the Lakers team and the pressure and the expectations, and then obviously you got a guy like LeBron. LeBron, who's on there, and then you know, AD. But I think it's a sad thing, man. If you if you are not motivated and passionate to play for that that team, I, I think something's I mean, but very his, very wrong. He his performance was fine, and he played with the energy. It wasn't that. It's just he looked like he was just playing basketball. He didn't whether it was the angry Russ or the excited Russ. You did. I mean, there was no emotion. He just was playing basketball. Maybe he's he's trying something different, but let's uh, let's real quick, Randy. Give me give me your your who's who's going to be in the finals this year. The finals, you man, it's, I wasn't prepared for this. This isn't written on my notes. I'm gonna go uh, with you know what? Give me the Miami Heat coming out of the East. No, it's not going to be the Celtics. They don't ever get there. They got it last year. Yeah, well, they lost. They suck. Uh, so uh, they great last night. Uh, yeah, they always look great in the written games. It don't matter. So let me go in the West. It's so tough, man. It's so tough. I'm going to go. Golly, man, I wish I had more time to prepare for this. I think until I actually give me the Gold State Warriors. I'm going straight cash. Yeah, that's. I, I agree. I think in the West, like, obviously – it, there's a toss up between you know four or five teams that you could easily see there, but I think you know, when you see the Warriors go right into game one of this season like they hadn't missed a beat, like that's that's a pretty good indicator. Um, in the East, um, it's it's 
I don't know. It's like, who, who, who do you go with? None of it really matters because when I look at these teams, like I just don't think they have the firepower that the West has. But if I got to pick somebody, give me the, you know what? How about the Chicago Bears? That's really bold. That's very, very <laughs> bold. But I don't want to pick the Celtics. I'm not picking the Hawks. I'm not picking the Hornets. I mean, the Bucks, uh, maybe. That's, that's a pretty safe pick, the Bucks. Yeah, but I don't know. They they weren't there last year. You know, it's hard to depend on those dudes. Uh, so, yeah, why not? Give me the Bulls. What I will say is I think, and this might be a, a, a popular opinion or unpopular, I don't know, but I think the Detroit Pistons are going to make the playoffs this year. And I think Jalen Duran is going to be the rookie of the year in the NBA. Hot, hot cakes, hot takes all day. Jim, who you got in the final? Rematch. Celtics and the Warriors. Celtics. I think Randy can keep Hayden, but uh, I watched a very efficient, I don't care if it was just regular season, um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, his man, uh, Grant Williams, continues to be a monster off the bench. Brogdon's good. Um, yeah, you still got smart. Give me give me the Celtics. Wow. wow. Do they do they win at all? Yes. Oh, wow. Randy, he's he's saying exactly the opposite of what you said. Never the yeah. Celtics. Can't win. I mean, he's kind of been picking the Celtics for like, I don't know, five straight years. That's not worked out. He tried to he tried to get my 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 favorite player. Uh, that that's, dude for the that's true. Oh, hey. But look at your boy getting extended, look, getting that man. money. Randy, yeah. uh, a wise man that you work with once told me that if you, you know, do it enough, it'll eventually happen. It unfortunately <laughs> didn't happen that night in cornhole at your house. But if I pick the Celtics every year, I'll eventually be right. Right. So, very true. All right, guys. Let's wrap this thing up. Last call, Randy. You got anything? Shout out to Walt Disney World, man. Had the greatest trip, uh, family trip of our lives. Even got to see DB, Michelle, and Bella. Got a picture of the little ones holding hands. We got to watch that a little bit. But all seriousness, though, man, Disney is um, really expensive to the tune of like 15K. But it was worth every penny, man. Had a great time. Followed that up with a great weekend. Go Vols. Go Colts. And this is the greatest week of my life. And I don't want it to end. Well, it's going to end, but you're right. You live it up while you can. Jim, last call, what you got? Um, it wasn't going to originally be my last call, but since Randy never brought it up, I thought I'd go there. Alabama investigating video on social media showing wide receiver Jermaine Burton striking a female Tennessee fan on the field. Alabama, you're disgusting. <laughs> I mean, what, what? So let I, I'm not condoning putting your hands on anybody but like you you can't in that scenario like you're not even supposed to be on the field let's start with that and then you are on the field so what are you doing like yeah but did you see the video she was running by him she wasn't running no. at him no I, I didn't see the video i'm just she's saying running that. towards the middle of the field and he reaches over first of all if you want to smack somebody why don't you smack one of them dudes as your size yeah why don't you smack one of them goofy ass looking dudes with them overalls on her? 
Yeah. I mean, if you want to smack that dude, Jim took the picture with, he looked like a pretty big boy. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I just, I just wonder like for that, in that situation, how many other isolated situations were there? I mean, that was a lot of people on that field. The mob team. I, I just know I, I wasn't gonna it. go. I wasn't gonna go deep into it. I just wanted to take another shot at Alabama. Of course, they hit a yeah. female after losing. Dirtbag. Yeah, that's 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 pretty disgusting. Hey, like, FYI, Phoenix is within four. Uh oh, here come the. Okay, Celtics. never mind. I got I got Phoenix and the Celtics in the finals. <laughs> and he changes his mind. Wow, how about that? All right, guys, let's get let's get out of here. I want to thank our guests Jesse Parker and Keon Lucas. For joining us, wish them the best of luck uh, in their upcoming fight. It's got to be a winner, or I hope there's no draw, but you know, either way, I think it's going to be a hard-fought bout. Those guys are definitely prepared, definitely ready for it. If you like hearing their story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, all that good stuff is always welcome. We'll see everybody next week. We got episode 23 coming at you. We got Evansville Otter minor league baseball player and former Mississippi State baseball star Elijah McNamee joining us. This has been the Unoff the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, great and grind all the time. We out.